Hi, this is Peer Pressure Reviews. I'm your host, Chris McBride. Today we're going to be reviewing the movie Godzilla vs. Kong. Now, most of you are probably wondering, why did it take so long for me to come back to doing this podcast? Because honestly, I was kind of surprised how long it's been. Uh, March of 2021 is the last time I did a podcast. And to be honest, uh, it was motivation. Always felt like something was wrong. Never found the time to do it. Nothing seemed right when I did it. Always felt like I could have done more, done it done better, making excuses over and over again. And it honestly uh, impeded me from doing any of it. So I lost my motivation to even try it. And then at some point, I kind of wondered if it was worth it or not. Was it worth my time? Was it worth my effort to put on to doing a podcast that maybe somebody's going to listen to? That maybe people might hear every once in a while. But to be honest, um, as I was doing the outline for this episode, I kind of realized that I don't need it. <laughs> this is just something I want to do. This is something I want to explore. Uh, and if I'm going to explore it, I want to do it with effort, with 100% of my effort. And I actually want to do it right and not keep putting it off and not giving, not saying that it's not enough, it's not in the right way, there's too much noise, can't do it. But I actually want to give my all to make sure that it can get done. And <laughs> I recently went on Anchor to figure out how many people even listened to my podcast over the year, and it was 43. It was 43 people, or 43 times it was listened to. And actually, that's way more than I thought anybody was going to be listening to my podcast. It's a lot more than I anticipated to be honest i i thought maybe it was going to be in single digits or maybe in the teens but to see it was 43 kind of took me back for a bit i was kind of surprised in a good way maybe some people do want to listen to it maybe some people are are curious about the same things i'm curious about and if that's the case then you know what i'm going to keep pushing through her i'm going to keep using my outlet to uh to help people, give people a different perspective of anything. And that's what everybody needs, you know. They need a different perspective on, you know, what they watch, what they listen to. Because if they just use their own, it's never going to be a full critique. It's only ever going to be somebody's, you know, opinion. And opinion pieces can be very biased, and they're just never really, you know, Something you can get a buy if you're viewing from a different side. But if you say the right words and you feel the same, and you share the same kind of distress about certain issues because you agree with that, well, with a with a different side than what you have, then then that's a real that's a real story. That's a real dialogue, and that's a real interview of a story. So 
If anything, that's what I want to try to do here is give a full rundown of what I believe. Well, not what I believe, but more of what I want to talk about, which is the, which is different things I'm watching and different things that, you know, come up. Now, if anything, for future plans, I made promises last time, and I'm, I'm going to try to keep them this time. So what I want to do is I want to do an episode a week because I need to get on board on picking up the pace almost because if I leave this out for too long, it's going to be hung by the wayside and I'm never going to get back into it. So here's what I propose. What I propose is that I'm going to try to keep it to one episode a week. But if there's something big that I want to try to put on, I'll do two. So, as of right now, I'm going to try to do films and TV seasons. I don't think I can do episodes just yet. If it's trending at the moment, then yes, I'll do an episode of that. But if it's not, if it's not like those top 20 shows that are being trending at the moment... I don't think it's worth it just doing an episode for each uh, for each uh, for each episode, basically. And you know, honestly, I'll bring up inter- entertainment news along along with my episodes, but I'm also not going to make it priority because obviously, you guys, if you're listening to this, you're also listening to basically the same things I'm listening to. So I'm just going to basically re be regurgitating some things that you've already known. But it won't be too much. It'll just be, you know, little snippets of what I heard on the day that I might have heard it or the week that I heard it. And to go back onto my first episode, because I want to do a little slight recap, I did um, a compare and contrast on the 2017 Justice League to the 2021 Zack Snyder cut of Justice League, and boy, that blew me out of the water. Now, to recap on what I on what I talked about, because I want to give a a full scope synopsis about it. So after the movie came, after that movie came out, it was on HBO Max, and at the end of the year, it became known as a global phenomenon. Like, Warner Brothers wasn't ready for it. And they're still not, because they still won't go forward with with Zack Snyder's take on Justice League. They won't, they won't move forward with it. And unfortunately, it looks like in the Flash movie, they might redo everything. Because they got, um, they got people playing Batgirl, they got people playing uh, uh, Supergirl... And they're not replacing Batman or Superman. So they're not replacing um, Henry Cavill. They're not replacing... um, Well, they kind of are replacing um, uh, Ben Affleck. But they're not talking about it. They're just saying they're getting... They're putting in new characters. So I don't know what they're really trying to do here with the Flash movie. But, you know... Fingers crossed they do it right. Finger, and I just hope to God they do it right because, unfortunately, in this 
in this studio's history. Live action has never hasn't been their their greatest um, has not been their greatest strength. To be honest, um, in recent years, it really hasn't. They've made very very poor decisions, and it's only because they wanted to keep up with Marvel, and that was not going to happen. They were five years behind. They did not set up enough lore. There was already a big trilogy going on for their side anyway. So all they really needed to do was pick up on that hype from the from the Dark Knight trilogy and continue it forward. But they just did not do it the right way because they tried to speed it up and they lost in the process. Because... They bet on Zack Snyder, then they didn't want Zack Snyder anymore, and it ruined uh, DC Films' credibility, in my opinion. I know people are saying that, oh no, we're liking the, the fact that there's different people out there putting different views with the Peacemaker show and Suicide Squad and other movies coming out. And you know what? They're not wrong about that. They're they're wrong about the fact that, if anything, they think they can just use the Flash movie as a redo. They think, if anything, it's the best thing they can do for themselves is to just redo everything because we made the wrong move. We didn't do the right thing. But the problem is, is that you really wanted to set up a universe. So you're doing all the individual movies, which is the right move to make. It's support. It's your basically they're basically making a base and a platform for themselves, but without making it a shared universe where you're just casually mentioning people and then not really teasing the fact of a team up in the end. It kind of defeats the point of having a universe. It's just basically a bunch of stories that are interconnected with each other and. They're never going to see collusion. You're never going to see the team up. You're never going to see um, people coming together. Unless they do something in these post-credits coming up soon. Which I hope they do. But it's... As of right now, it's five years since the last since the last Justice League. Technically. Because of 2017. And... The only people that are coming back are Wonder Woman, Aquaman, The Flash, and that's it. They're literally taking out three people because they haven't brought they haven't talked to Henry Cavill to come back. Ben Affleck really doesn't think he wants to come back because of his his problems with uh, Geoff Jones, and that's his own and that's his own problem. Or it's his, it, or it's Jones's own problem. Don't know how that real, how that story really goes, to be honest. And Ray Fisher is kind of done with DC, even though DC wants him to be cyborg. But you know, the way he was treated on with, with Josh with Josh Whedon and the fact that the production company didn't back him up, kind of, you know. kind of proves his point that you know he, he he feels the right to be annoyed about this whole thing all right let's get into it so 
I figured if anything, the way I'm going to do it is I'm going to rate the movies between 1 and 10. It makes it easier to try to keep it that way. And on top of that, I'm not going to do the 0. 0.3, 0. 0.4, 6, or 7. It's going to be 0. 0.5, and that's it. It's just, I've drawn a line on it. It's not going to change. It's going to stay the same. So to get on to that point, I would rate this movie as an 8 out of 10. Hands down. Easy. Because it was a perfect transition throughout the entire movie. The story was perfect. The lore from the, from the previous movies was, was perfectly interpreted by the director. Who then made his own spin on what needed to be done next. And it was the right move to make. And honestly, it gave what people wanted from the first movie. Which was more monster action it gave people a story that was easy to follow perfect to interpretate and on top of that if someone's seen this for the first time they're gonna love every minute of it because you can start there and just go it shows as a perfect closing finish for almost like a trilogy of a couple of movies even though it's been like four but it kind of almost concludes what's been done yet. And now it's up to, up to other people to say, what's next? What, what can we do as the next big thing? So right now, they're going to be doing the MonsterVerse series, which they've dubbed as Monarch. And they're going to do that on Apple TV. Not fully... I don't know why HBO Max doesn't want to pick this up because, you know, Warner Brothers and HBO Max, you know, same company. It's a, it's an interesting move, but, you know, if anything, it's a new take on what we already know is going to be happening. Um, it's taking place between the end of the first Godzilla movie in 2014 and in between the second one made in 2019. So, five years of that. And on top of that, if anything, they're probably going to go in more in-depth with, you know, different monsters, classifications, um, how the world uh, is going to fully deal with them from, from this point forward. And it might even expand further than that. We don't know yet. Still going to see where the first couple of episodes will take us so i'm excited about it because honestly it needs to get done we need to build a bit more platform on these characters and that'll give way to more movies and a lot more people going to the screens to go see it so yay for amc or regal or or cinemax or, or cinemark actually that's what's going but i ramble so to give my non fully my closure on my non-spoiler review, it's the perfect movie to just watch a completely perfect special effects monster action movie. Story is easy to follow. You got characters that you like to have, which is you know Millie Bobby Brown, Kyle, uh, Kyle uh, Chandler. You got uh, Alex Skarsgård. 
near perfect chemistry throughout the entire movie, and it just works perfectly. The um, the character Gia is a great addition, being the deaf character that is able to connect with Kong. It's it's really works with humanizing him, and on top of that, even without a human interaction with Godzilla, there is a there is a humanizing agent within him. And it goes into the story that they made for him. And it just works perfectly. You know, in the original movies, it looked really silly. Because, honestly, you could tell that, you know, guys in suits. And, you know, if guys in suits are acting, you know, not like the monsters are supposed to be playing, it just looks silly. It just, you know, you can, the, the almost the illusion is, is gone. If there really ever was one. I mean... Most people, most people, even at a young age, can tell what's going on here. Even, you know, kids knew Barney wasn't really real. They just, you know, just saw a guy in a, in a purple costume and just said, oh my god, it's it's Barney. And that's all they thought about. But if they thought anything deeper about it, they're like, yeah, we already know he's, Barney's not real. <laughs> I mean, gone. Compare, compare, contrast, be the, next to the kids that he's next to. It's like, well, that doesn't look like play at all. But if anybody who, you know, thought Barney was real up until now, sorry for crushing that dream. Now, to get into more of a talk about the movie itself, for my spoiler review, well, I guess I'll wait until everybody leaves. But if anything, people pause and then they go. So, I thought this was an incredible take on two iconic monsters you know the the way the director viewed this to be make them almost perfect characters in in this story was 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 unexpected it really was because honestly like i said it's silly when it happens when it happened back then but now with special effects and the way they made these monsters previously really shows that they're able to almost interact in that way. And it's not silly. It's almost natural to see them do that. So, you know, when the story goes with the fact that it was an ancient war between these characters, you can basically tell that, you know, Kong is almost going off of instinct between what's he feels against Godzilla. And Godzilla, basically, I think he's like almost like the last survivor, if anything. And he is the last survivor of this war, and he's only just trying to live above everything that that he was dealing with, you know, in the center of the earth. And this makes him almost keenly aware of what his what Kong's kind does. That's why if anything, it shows why he was always after him. Because he did not want any kind of break in the formation that he is the alpha here. And that mainly takes place more from what happened in Godzilla King of Monsters where he lost his reign because of King Ghidorah and then he had to get it back after all the shenanigans that happened in that movie. So, honestly, it was, it was a really 
perfect take by Adam Wingard, and I got to give him pause for it because it was it was very well done, and I enjoyed the movie immensely. There's some things though I was I was a little I didn't really understand, and I guess it could have been deleted or they thought you know is unimportant, and you know most human interactions with you know the monsters really is they only really kind of set up the story and to get to the big fight scenes and that's basically all they're all they're there for and that's fine i get the premise of that but like you know the sarah's like the dr sarazawa who was working with apex he's actually dr sarazawa's son from ken Watanabe from the from the other two movies and it's like well why does his son hate godzilla my only real theory is the fact that, you know, he spent more time studying the monster than taking care of his son. And, you know, the distance between father and son really probably messed him up. And he thought that getting rid of this thing would, you know, be the final, you know, was nail in, the fa- in his father's coffin saying, like, hi, d- destroyed your prize um, project, your prize creature. It's gone. I've destroyed him. I think maybe that's what it is. But I was wondering why they didn't introduce his motivation uh, in the movie. Or maybe they thought it was unnecessary. And, you know, maybe it was. But, you know, if anything, I thought it was slightly... I think it was slightly needed just, just just to give a... Just to give something, you know, more to the opposite side, the, the antagonist side, you know, you, you only really knew that they just wanted to just, you know, basically make humanity on top. And, you know, that's everybody's point of trying to, you know, take care of property or territory. It's, you know, if human beings can't control something, they have to get rid of it. It's just the way it is. That's what human beings always done. And, you know, when you see that interaction with, um, with an antagonist and protagonist, you know, seeing that someone wants to take someone out, but other was, but the other people don't. It's because you know, someone in power wants to keep that power, and then the thought of losing it is almost traumatizing for them. That's why you know most antagonists get made in this process, and honestly, it's unfortunate that some people actually think that way too. And you know. What's nice about what critics are seeing now is the fact that the human element is only really there to kind of pull the story along without confusing everybody to kind of almost give context of what is going on around them. And that helps the story immensely when it comes to, you know, movies and obviously, you know, some monster fights can be just random stuff. It's not going to do anything for anybody. They're just going to be confused and be like, well, why were they fighting in the first place? You know, and that's what happens. And, but I'm glad that some, that, that, that all these, uh, that these critics are starting to get that now and starting to realize that, okay, monster movies are just supposed to be what the monster movie title says, Godzilla versus Kong. And if it's less than that, then we should take points off. If it's more than that, then we should give more points. But, the human element is only really supposed to be in a low stage. It's not supposed to be high, like everybody's supposed to think, but 
you know, they're starting to realize that, and that's why they gave it, like, I think uh, an 82 or 76% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is, you know, great for great for that. I mean, hell, it did great in the, the box office, too. I mean, being the only movie in, in March of 2021 when it really came out kind of helped it. But in turn, you know, this, this, was, this was an awesome movie for anybody who wanted to go watch it. And I love the director's view on showing two sides to this fight. The empathy for both. The fact that Godzilla only really wanted to make sure that a new King Ghidorah didn't come into play and destroy the world again. And the fact that Kong just wanted to find a place to live and be with his family. You know, it was a perfect show to when they finally came together. You, you were just so happy it happened because you're like, well, these characters shouldn't fight. They should, you know, battle together. And that's what they did. And it, you know, like I said, sometimes it doesn't work because it makes them too human. And it's like, well, this doesn't look real at all, but... So I, I gotta, I gotta give the, I gotta give Adam Wingard his props. He really made them look like this was fully natural, humanizing them to the point where everybody can be on board with it is honestly genius. And honest, and 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 to and to the point where how it happened with with Gia's character, honestly, this the the importance of more having more deaf characters in films is is huge i mean you just had another movie called with with marvel's eternals having a having a main main character being deaf and you know it really opens up for people to kind of enter to see a different side of uh, you know someone else that's why i like when you know some movies you know they'll have uh, the foreign language in most of it because they want to make it as realistic as possible. The fact that, you know, not everybody's going to be speaking English, you know, it's silly that way because, you know, it's never really going to happen. So, so as we go on to the next, you know, part of this review, you know, I've already touched down about how I loved how the rivalry works. I loved how, you know, humanizing has been perfect by the director what I think we should be exploring now is next steps. And I think Kong with the Hollow Earth should be the next big thing because, hell, there is so much unexplored area that has, you know, yet to be discovered down there. And to be honest, there could be housing a whole bunch of enemies that he could be fighting. Or, if anything, possible threats going up. You never know. And I think the alien subject should be explained a little more because honestly i wasn't really sure they were going to do it with um with king of the monsters with uh king adora but i was so happy they did it because honestly opens up a whole bunch of different ones that can just come in and just wreak havoc and the fact that they're bringing space into this whole big universe is the perfect thing to do because you can't make everything terrestrial it can't always come from earth and then it's almost like where the hell were these things beforehand and then it's asking all these questions well this just looks silly now how what other monster is going to come out from you know under the depths give them guessing i think that's that's the perfect way to do this you keep them guessing to what's going to be next 
it's not going to be something they've seen before, or it has been something they've seen before, and it's going to be something upgraded in a better light with special effects, and people are going to jump for it. Which I hope they will. I hope they will. I mean, they've been very receptive of the, of the last three movies, and especially this one as well. So I think they will. Crossing my fingers on that one. I'm also not holding my breath either. Um, and I, I honestly would say that this is the best one so far. Even though I love Godzilla versus going against King Dor, and I thought that was awesome. I mean, that's like my all-time favorite favorite monster rivalry. But you know, Godzilla versus Kong. Wow. It was it was unbelievable. It was so so well done. It was the fights were perfect. It really showed dominance of one against the other, and the fact that one needed help to succeed in the end. And it was perfectly done. It really was the team up at the end. Really, he worked because knowing that. He can't face him on his own, knowing that his own, that Godzilla's own power wasn't enough, or the fact that he was just so drained from fighting Kong that he couldn't do it. Kong then realized, "Hey, gotta help. Can't let this thing get past me." And at the end, where they look at each other and acknowledge that you're a good fighter, you're a good fighter. Let's leave it at that. You go your separate way. I'm going my separate way. I think that's all I need. That was like the perfect moment. That was like probably my one of my favorite parts of the movie. It was the it was the acknowledgement between the two of them that they knew we're good, we're good, we're done, no more, moving on. And then you really want to know what's the next big thing for these characters. What's is it going to be Hollow Earth for Kong? What's the next big threat Godzilla's going to face? You know, maybe with the series, they'll explore it a little bit more on, you know, what, what happens to Godzilla between the, you know, the first movie and the second movie. But, you know, what's next? What's going to be? I haven't really heard anything but Son of Kong, maybe. But then how does that work? Where, where did Kong get his get offspring? You know, it's really uh, really up in the air right now. But I am... Very excited to see what's going to be happening next. As I said before, this is an eight out of ten movie, perfect for somebody who's never who's never seen a monster movie to really enjoy this movie because it's perfectly transitioned. Fight scenes are incredible. The special effects are amazing. Can't believe the special effects didn't even get nominated for Oscars, though. But I digress. All biased people in <laughs> in Hollywood. I mean, I'm biased in my opinion to have it there, but, you know, you can't win them all. So, for my next couple of episodes, I have decided to do this MCU timeline order for my next big feat. And that includes TV shows, movies, and the one-shots that they have on uh, Disney+, Plus, I believe. And as of right now, I've started Phase One of Marvel with Captain Marvel in a, in there as well. And I gotta tell you, it's been good. I've been enjoying it. 
it kind of helps set up everything pretty well, I have to say. Um, haven't started phase two yet because, you know, honestly, don't want to get too wrapped up in it. It's going to make it, it's going to make me not do the review very well because then I'm going to be not as motivated to talk about this movie because I didn't just watch it. I watched it weeks ago or a month ago and it just gets by and it's just like, well, I've already talked about it. It's, you know, it'll be, it'll get, and honestly, I'm also worried about it getting stale. Me only talking about the, you know, Marvel Cinematic Universe and, you know, that's going to bore people. If it's just going to be Marvel all the time, it's going to be silly. So, if anything, I'm going to also go back and forth between different movies and TV shows. I'm also trying to catch up on TV shows that I still haven't finished. So, there's going to be stuff for that as well. So, honestly, I'm going to have a very eclectic... Um, uh, watching experience. It's not all going to be one genre. Trust me. I have gone from all different kinds of TV shows. I've gone from the serious TV shows that you get on NBC, CBS, and Fox, or the other ones that are on CW, or TNT, Sci-Fi, um, HBO, Stars, Showtime, I'm all over the place. And, like I said, I'm not going to do any episodes on episodes. It's going to be too long, and it's going to take forever to do it, and then I'm going to get lost in it, and I'm not going to feel motivated to do it. So if anything, as of right now, I think the best thing I could do is to do season by season. And give a synopsis of what I thought about the season. Because if I go episode by episode, it's going to get way out of hand. I will only really do it for really trending stuff. And that's it. I won't do it for stuff that's been in the works for years or has been going on air for seven seven seasons or eight seasons now. And it's going to be like, well... Couldn't even imagine doing an episode off of that. That'd be crazy. It'd be way too much to put on there. So, for right now, I'm going to stick with movies. I'll start doing TV season soon. Um, and like I said, it'll it'll be all over the place. I mean, I've gone from all those channels I've talked about to anime. I can go to an anime show to talk about Pretty Little Liars. And yes, I have seen Pretty Little Liars. And I loved every minute of it. So, a couple of seasons are a little wacky, but the the whole thing took me for a wild ride, and I loved every minute of it. So, that uh, that concludes our show. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I will then try to get uh, my next move. My next episode will be on Captain America. Perfect start to the uh, the timeline order for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and. Uh, Hope you hope to to uh, have you guys listening in more. Uh, any feedback you'd like to give me, I have a Twitter, which is at reviews underscore peer. So that is P E E R peer. So you have any thoughts? DM me. Let me know what you think. I'm always open to criticism. Always open to different advice. 
happy to hear from anybody who's listening to my to, to me talk about these things because I love to talk some more about it. It's my favorite thing to talk about. Okay, this has been Peer Pressure Reviews. I'm Chris McBride. Have a nice day.